Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Reverend Terry Ann Hyman. And Terry's a transformational spiritual mentor, an author, and Reiki master teacher. She helps women who are going through crisis like divorce or just starting over, who feel disconnected from their spirit and seek a deeper connection to their inner guidance. Through her program, she helps women move through the difficulties and teaches them the intuitive skills and spiritual tools to gain their confidence, trust their gut, and just feel better. I can't wait for you to meet Terry, actually, Reverend Terry. She's going to share her betrayal story and how through trial and error, she healed and healed her kids who were also impacted by the betrayal. She found certain tools so helpful, it put her on an entirely new path which she's now on, doing the work she loves and helping so many people by what she's learned. Here's Terry. I am so excited to have Reverend Terry Ann Hyman with us today. Terry, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. And uh, we're just, I'm, I'm just thrilled for the conversation that we're going to be having. Um, it's going to be interesting because we're going to be talking about narcissists and empaths and betrayal and all kinds of stuff. And as difficult as a lot of these topics are, there's a lot of healing on the other side of it. So I would love it if you could start with your betrayal, just give us some, some shed some light on what you've been through and and what you've learned. Yeah. Thanks, Debbie. Gosh, uh, my betrayal goes back to the late nineties. I was living in New York at the time. I had two very small children. I was in love with what I thought was the love of my life, my soulmate, you know how that goes. And I was busy. I was super busy. I believe this was a relationship that was just going to like last forever. And boy, let me tell you, I was surprised. I really was. So my story, which is actually part of my story today, is that I was standing in my kitchen I just gotten the kids on the bus. I was looking out the window, beautiful day. And my husband walked in and he said to me, I'm in love with another woman. Mm. And in that moment, really like everything stood still. And I just like thought to myself, like, who am I? Like, where am I? What has happened? Like, I can't believe this. And, And that was really kind of like an awakening moment for me. I didn't quite know it at the time, but I knew deep inside something was wrong. And I just was so busy that you I know, didn't really pay attention. And you know, it's so interesting because in in the study that I did, every single woman in the study uh, t- like turned down her intuition. She felt that something may not have been right. And this could have been with a family member, a partner, a coworker, uh, anything, anyone. And they just didn't, they, they just didn't want to bring it to the surface. They, they just turned it down so they wouldn't have to take a look. So it sounds like that was the case with you too. It was. And you know what? Mm -hmm. When I think back to exactly what he said, he actually said, I'm in love with her, which meant I knew her and I knew her. She'd been Mm -hmm. at my home. She had been borrowing clothes from me at my dinner table. I knew who she was. Wow. I did. And I was just like super busy. I was making jewelry at the time and I'd just gotten all these contracts with Eileen Fisher stores. So my mind was somewhere else. And -hmm. that was part of it too, because I wasn't paying attention to him as much. I had two small children. I was busy in and out of the city. 
back and forth. Yeah. And and you know what? And what you're describing, and I just want everybody listening to hear this. There's no blame. There's no judgment. But what I found with every single woman in the study, it was if you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everyone, including me, was we were busy strengthening two legs, the mental and the physical. It was as if we had just so much to do that our minds were just busy taking our bodies around to get things done. And we're just so busy. We're so capable. So we get it all done. But when you picture a table, if you're only working, you're strengthening two legs of that table, it's easy to topple over. And so that's when, you know, we get blindsided by this, this kind of news. And it's, it's real easy to just, first of all, not see it coming and to topple over. So go ahead. Yeah, especially when you're like, you know, he had promised me this was forever and I believed him. And, you know, I just thought like, okay, I know we're having trouble. And he had actually been away. He went on the soul searching. He was quote unquote, a writer and he was going to find himself. And he'd been away on a trip and I was left at home with the kids and doing everything. And I knew like, you know, to myself, like, okay, when he gets back, we really got to figure this out. So I, I kind of knew that, but it was just so hard to really face. And mm-hmm. that's really kind of what happened. I, then I went into panic attacks and I couldn't focus and I couldn't, you know, miss deadlines. And I went into all that kind of energy. And then I went into, you know, kind of the normal, like, you know, mental therapy and stuff like that. But I was a lost soul. I really was. It was huge. Yeah. yeah. And what'd you do? I mean, so tell me some symptoms that you had. What, what went on? Yeah. So uh, panic attacks, like I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what was wrong because I didn't know what it was, right? I couldn't breathe. Panic attacks. I was crying every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't focus on my jewelry contracts. So I was missing deadlines. And then my children, they started showing symptoms too. My son had a brilliant kid, a really smart kid. He started having like speech influency mm-hmm. where he couldn't get his words out because he was so smart. And he actually, that morning, he came down later and he's like, where's dad? Because dad had taken off. And he said to me, did dad go away with Kirsten? He said it to me wow. before it came out. That's how intuitive that kid was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And my daughter had had a few other incidences too, sleeping and stuff like that. So the whole house was in, well, as you can imagine now, it was all lying and cheating going on. I didn't know that now, but there was so many instances that was just like so much chaos, so much confusion. And he also drank a lot. So every time that cabinet opened, I cringed. Mm. I really did. I just cringed just because I knew that everything was going to escalate. Yeah. Right. Right. So now here you are, you, you, you get this news and you just don't have the bandwidth. I mean, you're trying to work, you're trying to raise your kids, be with your kids and you're, you're trying to do it all. So what happened? Yeah. So I kind of felt like my life fell apart. That's what I felt like, you know? And so I actually, you know, started seeing a you know, it took the children, child psychologist. We were in, mm-hmm. you know, transpersonal psychology therapy. I had a social worker therapy. So I was in all this kind of therapy, but I'll be honest, nothing was really working. I was still crying. Nothing was getting solved. It was just going deeper. And I was the more transparent one. So I was the one, especially in the couples therapy that they were tearing apart and it just, it wasn't working. And then right before my 40th birthday, a friend said to me, Hey Tara, these these twins, I don't know, you know, Dreams East and, um, and now it's in Seacliff. It was in Roslyn. Mm-hmm. But there were twins that worked in Dreams East, Catherine and Connie. And she's like, let's go see them. One's an astrologer and one's a spiritual counselor. She's like, I'm going to go to the astrologer. I'm like, I'm going to the spiritual counselor. <laughs> I had no idea what that meant, Debbie, but I knew I needed help. And so I did. I went and I met Catherine and we sat and we talked and she did some energy work on me. I still didn't know what any of it was. Mm-hmm. And so then I left and then I got back in my car. And right there in the silence of my car, I heard, 
you're going to be okay. Oh, wow. And that was a big shift for me. And that's when like, I promised myself, whatever that was, whatever I heard, I am following that. And I'm also promised that I was going to make sure that my kids survived. Like they were going to not just survive, but thrive really. Like, like I was really dedicated to them. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting about what you just said, because I mean, for me too, and for so many women that I work with, that spiritual component is so crucial. And it's because, you know, we, we don't trust our betrayer at that point. We don't even trust ourselves. Cause we're like, how did I not see or know anything here? I am this bright, intelligent woman. How did I not know anything? So at least let me trust in something bigger, God, the universe source, do any, you know, anything. And there's something very, very uh, comforting about that as, because trust is foundational. And when it's shattered, we're like, well, what do we do? And it, it's, it's like you were intuitively guided to say, okay, you know what? Let me just, let me just see what this could lead to. Yeah. I actually did start meditating. I didn't know what I was doing and I found a book and I did start meditating. So I do feel between that and my jewelry, because I worked with crystals and stones. I feel like that did definitely lead me to Catherine, to the teacher. Mm -hmm. I do definitely feel like there was that guidance there because nothing else seemed to be working, but I do feel that led me down that path. Yeah. Right. And how did you, so you saw her and you started feeling better. Like how did it show itself? Well, so that was the first incidence when I had that and like, okay, I immediately signed up again and mm -hmm, again and again. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing Catherine on a regular basis and started kind of dropping out of some of the other therapy that wasn't seeming to work for me and started noticing that the anxiety attacks were going away. And then I started using some of the techniques with my children, some mm -hmm. of the breathing, some of the energy. And I started noticing that they were calming down. And then mm -hmm. I found out that I could learn Reiki for myself. That was huge. Like mm -hmm. I can learn this for myself. So that was really taking ownership of my own healing and started working with my kids. And that's when I really started noticing a big difference. I was using it on them. The house was calming down. We were bonding. Mm -hmm. So amazing. Like the kids and I were just amazing and just felt this loving, peaceful energy that was so healing. And that's really when I began to notice a difference. It really right. was. And so you saw, so I didn't even know you could do Reiki on yourself. That's, that's amazing. Oh yeah. Wow. So you were able to, so you did the Reiki you were doing now. It sounds like it's building momentum. Now you're seeing, you're seeing a difference. You're feeling a difference. And, and then where did that lead? Yeah, it really did. And it started leading me more into myself and to trusting this. And then working with Catherine, I realized like, wow, you know, these things I really know. There's more about myself. I never knew that I was sensitive. I never knew I was an empath. I never knew I was intuitive. I'd always heard all my life like, oh, stop being so sensitive. Oh, quit crying. You're always so sensitive, which actually turns out to be a gift that I had, which I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, married to him, he was, I found out later, I didn't know this term at the time, but he was very narcissistic and he would always stuff my emotions. I wasn't allowed, quote unquote, to have emotions. I couldn't feel anything. Everything was him, not mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I started learning all these things about myself and it was really amazing to open up to a bigger part of who I was. Of course, I was reading all the books. I remember The Road Less Traveled. That was like one of the first ones that came in. So I started reading and searching and really opening up to that spiritual literacy around me to find out more about who I was. Right. And I, I love the idea of, can you talk a little bit about the, the narcissist and the empath, how it's, it, you know, it's like the perfect storm, right? Because- Yeah, where, where do you yeah. want to start? That's really yeah. intense because one of the first things that happens with that narcissist empath energy is that you feel like you have your soulmate, which is exactly what I felt. It's almost like the opposites attract. We're so into each other. We feel so great. And the thing about uh, narcissists is they pull you into their web. 
So you mm-hmm. think like, oh my God. And I remember when I first met him, like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I, I do believe there is some soul energy mm-hmm. from lifetimes, but that's another story. <laughs> and the they start narcissist- and they start love bombing, right? Here, yes. here, yeah. Yeah. You're the only thing in their world and everything is you feel like it surrounded you, but it's really feeding him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as you get into the relationship, as I soon discovered, like everything was his world. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't be creative and I'm highly creative. Like even the jewelry was bothering him that I got these contracts, especially at a time too, because his business was going down, like everything was all messing up for him. Mm-hmm. And so the more I became stronger in who I was, the harder and harder the relationship was. Mm-hmm. But it was like a web, like you get pulled in and everything is amazing and it's revolving around him and it's all his interest. And even like with friends and stuff, like I really couldn't have circle of friends that were had to be his friends. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the stuffing of the energy, the stuffing of the emotions. It was very, you know, emotional abuse. It really was. It was even financial abuse, too. I make the money, you do what I say. Mm. Yeah. Lived under that for a very long time. Yeah. And what, because I imagine it, you get all the, you get love bombed early on and you start believing everything. How soon after that did it start to change? Like, when did you notice, wow, you know what? It's, it seems like it's all about him. Yeah, it really took a while because as an empath on my side of the story, I'm very sensitive. I'm very loving. I'm trying to please all the time. I'm trying to make things better, especially in the house and make everything right. I mean, that was also too, I was so busy. I was taking on all the responsibilities as well as trying to create this company as well as the children. And so we're trying to do everything. And so it's really like a it's almost like a martyr energy in there too with that empath. So I'm absorbing all that energy and I didn't recognize it for a long time. But as I began to, I think partly the jewelry had something to do with it as I started to get those contracts. And these were big. I mean, Fisher stores, I don't know if you know any Fisher, but mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. just opening in New York City. And I was like, I had like nine contracts with them and I had these little beaded bags and I was their holiday. And so that was a lot of recognition shining on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of where it, it kind of broke the energy. And if I really go back further, when I first got the contracts, I think that's when the affair kind of started because all of a sudden I had this. And so he was Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, well, she's not, you know, she's not that center of attention. I'm not her center of attention. I'm not Mm -hmm. even picking up his shirts anymore. You know, I I never forget that one. You don't get my shirts from the dry cleaners anymore. Like, oh my God, really? Yeah. (laughs) And and in a healthy, yeah. And in a healthy relationship, you'd be celebrating each other's wins. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, but it's really important for, for, people to know though, a narcissist doesn't have to be a partner relationship. I mean, this could be a, this could be siblings. It could be, uh, you know, it could be coworkers, friends. So that it's right. Right. So how do you break, how did you break free? So I think the first thing or one of the things that really helped me was that the more I discovered about my own energy, especially like with Reiki, because you work with your energy system. I use it in the beginning of the day. I know how I feel. And then all of a sudden, when you get thrown off, you're able to see what happened. So Mm -hmm. as I began to see like, wow, I'm taking in these energy, his energy, like I learned tools from Catherine that guard your energy. When he leaves, push it out the door. And I would really physically have to like push the energy because I, that's all I knew how to do. I didn't know how to do it, you know, energetically yet. So it was like, push the energy, cut the cords, send them away, push it away, put up a mirror. I mean, even that, because all that transference of energy, they project onto you. And so all of a sudden, again, you think it's you again, right? Mm-hmm. Took a lot of blame for a lot of stuff that really was not me. Yeah. But until I started really working with my energy fields and knowing this is not me, 
being really strong, that's when it started to shift. And then what happens with them is that they realize they're not feeding into the same thing. They're not getting that energy. I'm not being drained because I'm being stronger in who I am. And it does create a little more disruption because then they're going to go search somewhere else. Right. Well, they're not getting that narcissistic supply. So, yes. so was there, I mean, cause you mentioned just a lot of really good tools. Was there one in particular that you were like, wow, this really works. I, I am seeing and feeling a difference. Yeah. I think that mirror, like just realizing, wait a minute, he's transferring on me, push it back to him. You know? So, and I think that was really important because the less I took in of his energy, the clearer I was about what was going on. And for a long time, like I was still in love with him too. I mean, I hate to say it, but I really was. And, and I wanted to blame her more than him. And we even went through a phase where we kind of got back together when we realized everything was falling apart. We kind of came back together. But every time I started to trust him again, something would come up with mm-hmm. the woman, with the other woman a piece of mail, something would come, she would call, like something would come up and it would remind me. And Catherine used to always say, she's doing you a favor. She's doing you a favor. And I'd get Mm. so mad. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? But it really was, it was a reminder. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so you were able to, you did all of these things to heal. And it sounds like the, these, these tools really, really worked for you way more than some of the other things that you had done. What did it lead to as far as your business? Well, at the time, because I was a single mom and all my family was from the South. So I was up there pretty much by myself. I had one sister in Princeton. And so I was pretty much up there by myself. And, you know, luckily Port Washington became a great community for me. And I had to go back to work because I was an at-home mom when all this happened, except for the jewelry. And I really was not able to sustain that on my own. I didn't have the finances behind me. I was trying to support myself. We were tied up in court. Oh my God. The the, um, legal process went on for like, four years. He kept switching lawyers. He quit working, everything. I mean, he was in contempt of court and every time he would get so far and he didn't like it, he'd go find another lawyer. So it was, it was, it was terrible. It was really bad. And so I ended up um, finding a job and I worked full time. I worked with a great designer, Michael Michaud in New York. I loved it. It was a great job for me. So I was working full time and the kids were doing better. And I was doing this work. I started doing this work on the side. I was still doing jewelry. Believe me, jewelry, I say, saved my life. It was great mm. therapy. I would barter. I probably should say this online, but I would barter for kids stuff, whatever they needed, the dentist presents, you know, the whole bit. And then I also started realizing that I did have what it took to be a spiritual healer. And so then I started doing both. So I was working full time and started opening up. I, I rented space at... Um, Home Sweet Home in Port Washington. I rented space there and started working with clients and realizing that I did have a lot to give. And because of what I went through, the passion to help other women started to come forward. Right. And did it help your healing? Because I know with me, when I'm helping other women, I'm, I'm healing too. Did that help you? Oh, absolutely. It helped me see more and more. It really did. And it kept empowering me to do the work and keep learning and learning. And I'm an avid learning and I am super sensitive. And so I still had to train that. I still had to train my intuition. I had to train my healing gifts. I had to train all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is empathy is a gift and, and being an empath is a gift for sure. It can uh, it's, be. Yes. It's, it's, it's harder. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, speaking as an empath, I would say it's, it's harder, but it's definitely a gift. What do you want to make sure everybody, everybody knows before we wrap up? Yeah, I think that it's really, really important to really find that spirit within you. It's another layer of the body. So often we work on the physical, the emotional, the mental, but we forget that that spirit, that subconscious, that inner child, however you want to look at it, 
also needs to be healed. It needs to be acknowledged. And I think that's a really big part. Most times people wait until they're in crisis to work with it, but we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and anything you'd recommend as a first step? You know, I always recommend Reiki because to me, it's one of the easiest modalities to learn and you work on yourself, heal yourself first. And as you do, you can learn so much about your empathic nature, your sensitive nature, your ability to be intuitive and your own energy field. I think it's one of the easiest things to do. Mm, Wonderful. And Terry, how do we learn more about you? Oh, thanks, Debbie. You can go to my website, terryannhyman.com. Lots of information there. And I'm offering a free gift. It's, um, it's a guide. Five simple steps of setting up a spiritual practice. Very well, easy to follow. Very easy. It doesn't have to be hard. And spirit loves amusement. It can be fun and empowering and a great way to start your day. Oh, wonderful. And so healing too. That's, that's the best. That's the best part of it. Because when you've been blindsided, when you've been hard hit, when you, you just, your, your world as you've known it has just come crashing down, here's a way to rebuild it. And what a great place to start just starting from within. So Terry, thank you so much for your time. And I know you're going to help so many people, anybody who's listening to this. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. And thank you for the work you do too. And gosh, yes, it's so needed. Betrayal can be really hard. And so finding a way to know who we are is really important. And so do the work that you do helping other women as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You heard it here. Thanks so much. Such great information. Terry's another example of someone who's grown so much from her experience. I loved how beautifully she explained that perfect storm between the narcissist and the empath. Be sure to check out the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast so you can stay in touch with, with Terry. So here's my biggest takeaway. We have so much wisdom within. So often we don't listen to it. We don't trust it. But whenever we do, it's always right. If you're struggling with physical, mental, and emotional symptoms left in the wake of your betrayal, you may be struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. Take the quiz to see what still needs your attention and healing. It's over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.